Hello and welcome to the Keep Bright On podcast. Today we are doing something a little bit different. As ever, I'm joined by Brian Dick and we are not going to be discussing a game or anything like that. We are going to be discussing the nine players out of contract at Birmingham City. It promises to be a massive summer for the club in terms of a rebuild. So hopefully they can challenge at the right end of the championship table next season. Um, and a lot of room could be made within that budget by releasing some of the players in question. Brian, we've uh, we've put this off for a while, haven't we? Because a lot of questions are coming over who we we keep and who we who we get rid of in the summer, and we've obviously had this bigger podcast in mind. Um, should we get straight into it? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, yeah there's nine players you said there. I think. Listen, I've got. I'm not privy to the uh, to their salaries, but I think you're probably looking at somewhere close to a hundred thousand pounds a week potentially coming off the off the wage book in um in 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 the summer uh, do a bit of multi- multiplication on that and you are looking you know over five million pounds a year you know in the playing budget so it really is you you've described it as you know as a rebuild it, it's a, it's also a massive opportunity isn't it um mm. not to say that we're going to you know we agree on all of these players uh, not to say that they want to keep them all or release them all but uh you know hopefully uh, hopefully our opinions will become clear as as we discuss them and there's a couple we well there's a few we don't agree on um and I'm wondering if we can convince the other one to see it our way so yeah, should we start at start at the back starting goal, Alex? With, um, with well, both both senior goalkeepers are out of contract, aren't they? Um, this summer, let's start with John Ruddy. What are your thoughts about whether you think John Ruddy should be retained into the into the twenty four twenty five season? Okay, I'm going to start by saying I think only one of the goalkeepers should be retained. Um, you've got two veteran goalkeepers, Ruddy thirty seven, Etheridge thirty four. Can I stop um, you there? Already, yeah. can I stop you there? Go on. You, could you not see them both being released? Oh no, I could definitely see that scenario. But I'm, I'm saying if you, you know, you're not going to keep both of them. That's what I'd right. say. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So on Ruddy, you know, 37 years old. He's been the the club's number one for the last two seasons. Fantastic in his first season. I think he got 13 clean sheets in 43 games. Um, by the end of it, only seven clean sheets in 30 games this season. Obviously, we, you know. Blues issues defensively been well documented. I don't think a lot of that is on him. There have been games where I think some of us could could say, oh, you know, maybe age is, is creeping up on a little bit. If you think back to Millwall at the start of the season, he was slightly out of position for a free kick. Um, and there, there have been other games where, you know, there have been questionable goals Blues have conceded. I think to Blackburn away. Uh, where Blues conceded, you know, flurry of goals from Blackburn and, and Ruddy was at, was at a fault for one of them. Um, I don't think he was the best under Wayne Rooney, I'll be honest. I thought he he was quite poor across that period. But again, he wasn't the only one. I think there have been signs of improvement under Tony Mowbray. Um, and I think he's still very, very capable at this level. The one thing I will say as well about Ruddy, if you are talking, you know, potentially bringing a new goalkeeper in in the summer, and Ruddy becoming the number two, I think that's a role that he could equally play. I watched him in my previous job as as Wolves reporter of Birmingham Live. I watched him do that role for three, four, five years at, uh, at Wolves, and he did it brilliantly. A very good character, a leader in the dressing room, has the respect of all the players, and that is why you know I'm correcting the argument here to to say he should be kept on if he could play that role as second fiddle. 
Alex Dickens' love letter to John Ruddy. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so uh, at the start of this podcast, um, sort of September time, it became a bit of a running theme where I kept saying, do we need to talk about John Ruddy? Mm. Uh, and, and for me, that was in, and that was even before um, Wayne Rooney came in and, and all the pieces were thrown up in the air and, and re-landed in an odd order. Um, for, for me, that was indicative of... You know, not necessarily poor performances, but maybe one or two moments in it in each game where, where you'd think, "Oh, that wasn't quite as clean." Um, so, all all of these conversations with all of these players will start with, "Do you want to stay or do you want to go?" I would imagine. Um, so, someone like John Ruddy, as you, as you mentioned, has spent was it four seasons. Mm. He spent on the Wolves bench. And when he came to Blues, it was very much about, you know, I, I, I want to start playing football again um, and doing so regularly. And I just wonder whether he would be up for a number two number two role, you know, as, as, as a backup. Um, at the very least, he'd want guarantees that it was a live competition, I, I would think. Mm. Um, and, and listen, he's 37. He might play till he's 40. You know, I don't think he's in bad shape. He certainly doesn't seem to have many injury injury problems. He's not not prone to pulls or strains or, or, or things of that issue, albeit I think there has been one this season, hasn't there? Mm. Um, I get what you say about um, about him being good around, around the squad, and I, and I agree with that. I think just... I'm just inclined to move on. I think, really, and and I, you know, I don't want to do a spoiler alert, particularly when we talk about Neil Etheridge. But I'm just going at 37 years old, potentially move going in another direction. Certainly, in for a starter, and and I think just personally, uh, I'm probably erring that way as a backup as well. Mm, that's fair enough. Um, before we both give our verdict or opinion, whatever on Ruddy, our final opinion, do you want to go straight on to Etheridge and speak about him as well? Because I think you were going to make the case here. Yeah, I think so. Because I, as you said at the top, it, it does feel like it's a, a maybe keep one, certainly don't mm. keep both. Um, yeah, Neil Etheridge, I, I think, yes, we you know we know about the the issues with the kicking and, and play, playing with his feet. Um, I still think he's a he's a he's a good championship level goalkeeper at the age of thirty four. When he has played, I haven't necessarily seen sort of a a reduction or or a regression in in his in his standards. I think he's still very much the player that, that we've we've known him to be. Um, I think at thirty four, you could probably expect another two or three years if he wants. I think at thirty seven with Ruddy, you could potentially. You know, forty might be stretching it for a, for a championship goalkeeper. 35, 36 is more believable, and I I just think you know Etheridge's reflexes, his shot stopping. Um, I'm th- I suspect I'm going to be out of step with most people here, um, but if he's happy to to stay in as a stay as a number two, or you know play his part in a in a live competition with with a with a new goalkeeper and you know, somebody who a goalkeeper who potentially is good with his feet and can instigate play. I'm more interested in that personally than I am in seeing Ruddy in that situation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've I've obviously tipped my hat now, haven't I? I think do you, I'm I'm going to go probably out of step with most people and say keep Etheridge. 
at a club friendly contract there's you know we should should have said this at the top there are no mm. pre pre pandemic contracts being handed out here <coughs> you know and if if you make an offer to Neil Etheridge and Neil Etheridge thinks he can go get get better either in terms of being a starter or a better wage somewhere else then good luck to him but my starting point would be I I think I'd keep Etheridge if we can agree terms up to up up to and not beyond a, a you know a, a fee that's acceptable to the club. It's a good point you make about Etheridge being, you know, because he's had he's had two seasons now being the backup at Blues, hasn't he? He's probably become quite comfortable in that role. He plays it quite well. When he plays, he does okay. Um, whereas Ruddy has had two seasons of being number one. So again, in my opinion, it comes down to which of them or if one of them can be a number two next season because I do think Blues probably need a different style of goalkeeper moving forward. Yeah, I think um, we both agree on that, don't we? I, I, yeah. I think if we are going to be passing out from the back and building from the back, or, or you know, if not all the time, then just only some of the time, mm. then you you are right. I think I think you're looking at a, you know, not only a, a sort of more footballing goalkeeper, but a, a younger goalkeeper as well. So they've got more sort of career runway. Sorry, I interrupted mm. you there. No, that's fine. Based on, based on what we've seen this season over the last two seasons, um, I, my opinion is that if you can keep John Ruddy on a club-friendly contract, which we obviously he's on because he only came in, you know, two years ago, I would keep him because I think he's proved over the last two seasons what a capable goalkeeper he is in this level and also his fitness record stacks up. So he's the one I'd keep and I'd release Etheridge because obviously we're not keeping both. Yeah, I'd go the other way. Um, I, I think, I think I, I will concede. I think that's the less likely way and it's probably the view that the way that most people wouldn't go. Um, but I, I, yeah, as I said, I think just you know, just the age difference, the three years, just makes me err uh, towards Etheridge a bit more and, and release Ruddy. Mm. Move towards uh, another one. I think this one's going to be a divisive one. Um, Mark Roberts is out of contract in the summer. There is a one-year extension option on him. He obviously uh, signed a new contract after the pandemic, so he's probably another player who's on more more club-friendly terms. 33 years old, he's played 12 games this season, seven starts uh, in the Championship. Brian, do you want to kick us off with Mark Roberts? You've watched him a lot more than I have. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's an unfortunate week to be uh, to be have, talking about Mark Roberts, isn't it? Because you know of the, of the the Sunderland goal and his part in that, and I still say that was more. That was seventy five percent Peck for me, and you know, and maybe twenty twenty percent Roberts, and then you wonder if Peck can do can do a little bit better when when he's actually chased back into the box. But yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Um, Roberts. Before we came on here, we you used without uh, spoiling what you were going to say. You used the phrase fourth choice. For me, if you're carrying four centre backs, I was torn between fourth and fifth choice. I was like fourth and a half choice. Um, so Sanderson staying, Belix probably going to be going forward as a as a um, as a centre back. Uh, Lee Buchanan can play there. We don't know about Drami, and, and we would expect uh, Ivu to be going back to to Cremonense. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to say yes um, because I, th I think that there is space there. I th in, in terms of Blues won't have four centre backs under contract next season. But now, obviously, Kevin Long's gone. Um, so I, I'm going to say yes on the basis that. I, I do still think he he offers something, and uh, you know I can I can almost see steam coming out of people's ears or expletives coming out of their mouths. <laughs> but I still think he's Blue's best aerial defender. Um, 
I think if they ever go to three at the back, uh, then I think you know him. Him as him as the middle centre back is 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 a is a useful is a useful thing. Um, he's shown himself to be a good, loyal club stalwart. Um, yeah, he's he's been here seven years, and yes, it's not been a a gilded seven years. It's been quite it's been quite a horrific seven years, but that's not down to Mark Roberts. Mm. Um, I think he's done what's asked of him. The doubt in my mind is every season there does seem to be a calf or a thigh or mm. you know or a hamstring, doesn't there? And you, those don't get less frequent as you get older. I'm kind of talking myself out of it now. Um, I'm going to let you take over and see if you can convince me to go one way or the other. With the injuries, I think he'll be 34 at the start of next season. So he, again, you're at that age where you're probably going to start picking up little injuries and um he's not he's not been available that much this season as that's the one thing i would say and he wasn't available for chunks of last season as well um 12 games he's been on the bench quite a lot he's played a couple of games under mowbray and done well the one thing i will say is i don't think mark roberts is going to be a tony mowbray center back if you're moving forward i don't think he's gonna he's gonna play so he's gonna be a fourth choice as fourth choice i think you can have there are uses for Mark Roberts. You know, if you're defending your box late in a game and leading 2-1, you want someone in there who the ball will be a magnet to head effort and kick effort and Mark Roberts is that man. Um, having said that, I still I still think Blues will need two centre-backs on top of Dion Sanderson and Christian Bielik and Mark Roberts, even if he stays this summer. So maybe it would just be a wasted contract. Um because I, I still think you're going to need four natural centre backs plus Bielik. Um So I'm talking myself out of it before, before <laughs> we came. But I was I was actually going to say yes. Um, I think it's a, if it's a very friendly contract, and Mark Roberts is happy to play a, a bit part where he could again over a full season only play five six games, then I think I'd probably be comfortable with it, knowing that he's not probably not going to make squads most weeks, but. I could see why Blues wouldn't. We've not. We're both skipping this one, aren't we? Now. Yeah, we are. Oh, I'm gonna. Okay, I, I'm gonna say yes. I'm, I'm gonna say do it. Um, yes, I would. Uh, it's an option, isn't it? Uh, yes, I would. I would trigger the option um, and have him. I, I'd, I'd even go as far as to say I would have him in the match day squad most weeks, uh, just for that scenario mm-hmm. where, where you are two one up. So, yes, I don't don't view it as being ru- ruinously um, expensive. Uh, you know, him and his agent may disagree, um, but but yeah, why not you? No, I'm I'm going to go yes as well. I'm going to everyone's going to going to probably disagree with us, but I'm going to go yes on that because I think there's a there's use for him. Um, even if Blues are transitioning to a completely different way of playing, and he's not going to play most weeks. There is still a use for a player like that who could defend the box late in games. Yeah, yeah, we talked to each other. Very collaborative of us. Um, I'm, yeah, okay, okay. Next one is Marcel Oakley, uh, a young uh, right back, 21 years old, um, played uh, four times this season, uh, Carabao Cup games um, against Cheltenham and Cardiff. He's not featured for the first team uh, since Sunderland away in November, which was which was a Rooney game, and Sunderland were managed by um, Tony Mowbray. Uh, so, yeah, Mar- Marcel, thoughts about Marcel's situation? I think this is a fairly straightforward one, isn't it? When you get 21 um, and you're still playing under 21s, 
and not getting anywhere near the first team, which Marcel Oakley hasn't this season really. I think you need to move on for the good of his own career more than anything. I think he needs to go and find a club further down the the pyramid where he's going to play most weeks um, and actually start making people take notice of him. So um, I think from speaking to, to Marcel, I think he wanted to go out on loan in the uh, in the summer window, but obviously Blues had right back issues throughout that window. With obviously Drame coming in very late, Ethan Laird getting injured, so Oakley was kept around, and obviously then didn't go out on loan. He's not gone out on loan in January, either, so he's had a, had a full season basically of no first team football. I think he needs to move on. I don't think anyone's on his way either. Yeah, I agree. Set the young man free, let him go off and have a career. Uh, mm. You know, it's it's not the you know it might sound harsh saying you know re- release player X. But then if you look at, you you don't have to look too far to see players that have been released by Birmingham City um, and find them having very good careers elsewhere. Amari Bell is in the Premier League with Luton, mm. uh, for heaven's sake. And, you know, he he didn't get a look in under Gary Rowe at Blues. You know, he wasn't wasn't felt that he was ready, could, could, couldn't put enough pressure on Jonathan Grounds. You know, he he, he took us took a step, maybe backwards, maybe sideways to, to go forward again. And, and he has he has gone forward. Um so yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd definitely be looking at, at Marcel to go and get his career up and running, and uh, hopefully, you know, return return back to Blues with with another Championship club, uh, and, and and you know maybe show 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 everyone what what the player he's become. So yeah, I I you know I wouldn't want to couch it in. Yes, he's not good enough. It's for me. It's a yes. Let him go and find his way in football. Because mm. I do think I do think he's got something. And Lebo, you liked him. Mm. Lebo, you really did like him. You know, he, he he's got he's got a you know a little bit of bedevilment in him, um, and and he, he's quick. Uh, so there's definitely a career to be there had for him. Mm. Agreed. Um, Ivan Sunjic, this is an interesting one. Um, obviously, been a regular in the Blues team this season. Twenty nine appearances across all competitions. Twenty six starts. Regular in the team under John Hughes at the start of the season, made a really good start to the season after that disastrous loan spell at Hertha Berlin last year. Struggled under Wayne Rooney, playing in different positions in midfield, but he's earned plaudits in the early weeks of the Tony Mowbray era um, and captain the team in Dion Sanderson's absence as well before losing his place uh, to Andre Dezel and Sung Ho Peck. Um, Brian... I'm, I think I think everyone's probably well versed in what you're going to say here um, from previous podcasts, but I'm going to. I think there's a, I think there's a conversation to be had with Sunjic because he's so different to the other Blues midfielders in the way he plays. He's a better presser. He's a better player at winning the ball back than Dazelle than Peck. Um, although I do think Peck's very complete. Um, I think there's still a role in a championship squad that, that, that does want to challenge at the top end of the league for a player like Ivan Sunjic. Having said that, I don't think he'll be a starter. I don't think he'll play every week. So again, it might be one where he says he wants to move on. But if it was on a club-friendly contract, um, which at the moment, let's face it, Sunjic being the club's record signing probably isn't on one of those, um, I would I would keep him around as a as a as an extra midfield player because blues don't want to put themselves in a position where they're going to have to rebuild their midfield again in the summer even though they've just signed some midfield players in January so I would keep Ivan Sunjic. Okay, as you said, uh most people know my thoughts on this. Uh you know, I'm not I'm not hugely strident but I'm coming down on 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 the side of of no I you know I I'd, I'd, I'd be intended tending to part ways. Um 
you know, I just don't see, I don't see Sunjic necessarily being that guy that isn't going to play every week. You know, just mm. just just content for a role. I'm, maybe it's because he's arrived on six, uh, he arrived for six plus million. Uh, and therefore, you view him as a six-plus million footballer, and therefore, a six-plus million footballer would not be happy with a, with a bench role. I, I, I get that his story's moved on since then, uh, and he and he, he has been a good servant for Blues. Um, I think if we are looking at um, what Mowbray's trying to achieve, and his his model for his central midfielders has been very very clear, hasn't it? You know, we mm. we spoke we've spoken, you know, already about. You know, everyone's saying they need strikers, then they need centre backs, and they need goalkeepers. And Mowbray, Mowbray goes out in the January transfer window and says, "No, what we need is three central midfielders." Central midfield is crucial to the to the way um, Tony Mowbray's team is going to play. And you know, you, you, it's it's the Dazelles, it's it's the it's it's the the Pecks, you know, it's the it's it's the Jordan James, whether he's here or not next season. It's those type of players who are comfortable in a tight spot under pressure uh, and can pass the ball around the corner and get it going forward. Um, yes, I know you've, you've made an argument for for ten minutes. He's a good pressure. He's good without the ball. You know, bring him on to 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 harry people in the last ten minutes. I think we can only make that case for so many players, uh, and I just don't feel that for me is part of Ivan Sunic's football journey. If I'm honest, a, a, a 10, 15 minute sort of crash test dummy kind of kind of role. Just no, I, I thank you, I, Ivan. Ivan, it's been good, but not for me now. I don't think. I still think there would be games where he starts. I think he, if he stayed at Blues next season, he'd get a healthy number of starts over the course of a season because you know you can't always go to I don't know. Let's say Southampton is still in this league next year. You can't always go to Southampton and play a four-two-three-one with your two midfielders, Peck and Dazelle, because they're just going to be outclassed and outworked by whoever Southampton have got in midfield. You probably need to play three in midfield, including Ivan Sunjic. So that's I think there would be games for him. Um Having said that, you know, you make a very good point that I don't think Ivan Sunjic is the sort of player who's gonna be happy with a, a role, a bit part role where he, you know, starts. 10, 15 games a season and comes off the bench in another 15. I don't think that's going to be him. Um, so, bit, I, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I probably I, I see him moving on, but if, if there's yeah. a deal to keep him, I would keep him. If, if it's all about, you know, getting to Mowbray's goal and uh, or, or target area of 67% possession and 20-odd mm. shots on target, just doesn't feel like an Ivan Sunjic uh, pair of statistics to mm. me. You know, I think Blues are, have got to be better on the ball, and and for 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 all his brilliant pressing, I don't still don't see that he's massively different on the ball to you know to to what he was to what he was, except you know when he when he came in for the first few games, I, I he was brilliant, and I thought he was he really was the second coming of Barry Ferguson, but but then he kind of is is his his distribution sort of seemed to regress a little bit and. Um, you know, maybe I was looking at it through rose-tinted eyes. Of this guy cost six million, he must be a great passer of the ball. Maybe that was it. Um, but yeah, no. Sorry, no. I just I, I, I like to be nice and say yes to everybody, but just just doesn't feel yeah. right to me. No, 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 not for me. Thanks. I think his game was simplified at the start of the season, wasn't it? It was it was very much win the ball back and just give it to the guy next to you, and you know let yeah. the likes of Dembele, Miyoshi. Um, Stansfield have the ball and it worked. Um, if Mowbray so, does want to want Blues to play this way, I don't think he's going to be a 
a main guy. It was interesting, wasn't it, uh, just to sort of let people look behind the curtain a little bit. Last year's football writers do. Uh, John Eustace was there. And he kind of asked us about Ivan Sunjic, didn't he? And, uh, you know, aware that Sunjic would would be coming back um, from, from her to Berlin. And he clearly liked what he saw. As you said, at the start of the season, he did have a defined role. And mm. Sunjic, Sunjic and Bielik were a good mm. central midfield partnership at the start of the season, weren't they? But now, now Bielik's playing centre-back centre and, you know, Blues' style has massively moved on. Um, so it just just feels like the story is moving away from his skill set. Mm. Uh, another central midfield player coming up, Gary Gardner. Um, obviously, been at Blues for a fair number of years now since uh, crossing the second city. 31 years old, only three starts this season and two of them came in the FA Cup games against Hull City. Um that's that replay on on January sixteenth. Actually, the last time Gardner played for Blues under Tony Mowbray, um, he's only started one game in the league, and that was Wayne Rooney's first game in charge at Middlesbrough back in October. Um, the highlight again, fantastic freak against West Brom in that uh, in that three one minutes St Andrews, but he's just not played enough football, has he, Brian? No, um, no, he hasn't. Um... Whenever he comes on and plays, I'm kind of reminded of his qualities. You know, I, mm. I, 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 I like his physicality at his best when, when he's got, you know, running games under his belt. He can be quite a, quite a driving midfielder and, he you know, he, he can carry the ball at field and, and he can win tackles. Um, so I, I he's, he's in this, you know, is he a horse for a particular course um, kind of area for me that, that two or three of the, other, the others have been in? Um I wouldn't close the door on on, on keeping Gary Gardner. Uh, although I wonder if Ivan Sunic is better at what Ivan Sunic does. That Gary Gardner is a, is a, than what Gary uh, what Gary Gardner does. Um, yeah, I I could see Gary Gardner going somewhere else and being a really important player. You know, in in if for another team, possibly in League One. Um, or you know maybe even for for you know Derby County if they come up or or some, something like that because they, they need a bit of bite and strength in their midfield from what I've what I've seen of them in League One. Um, I certainly wouldn't shut the door on him being a, a useful and quite a regular Championship player, um, mm. but I I do think for his career you know he's thirty one now I do think I'd like to see him playing forty games a season again. No, I agree. I feel like the writing's on the wall in terms of the number of games he's played this season. And obviously, he hasn't featured at all, really, under Mowbray in the league over the last, you know, month to six weeks. Um, he's another one, I suppose, for his career, for a solid end to his career. You want him to go and play football somewhere else. And because Blue signed two midfield players in Peck and Dezel in January, who are going to be ahead of him, they've got Jordan James as well in that area. Ivan Sunjic, who I've just said I, I would keep, um, I'd probably... I'd probably say it's time for Gardner to move on. Yeah, um, I, I can't dissuade you from that. I, th I think I'm probably there as well. Um, yeah, as I say, I'd like, like to see him write another chapter into his career. Mm. Um, another midfielder, a more advanced midfielder, Keshi Anderson. This is a very interesting one. Uh, there's also a one-year extension option. Obviously, Keshi Anderson joined Blues on trial last season after an injury-hit campaign at Blackpool. Um was probably alongside Jordan James, a star of pre-season under John Eustace, played really well, really impressed, and then had a run of games at the start of the season where he was in the in the starting eleven, 
uh, pretty much ever present before a hamstring injury in a game against QPR on September 22nd completely derailed his season. He hasn't started a league game since that day. Um, he's made a couple of FA Cup starts under Tony Mowbray, but he's been out of the team um, in the league. And there was interest in him for him, him during the January transfer window and he could have left but decided to stay and fight for his place. He's probably not going to get back into the Blues eleven. Um Brian, I've just kind of laid the table there before actually giving an opinion. So um, do you want to kick us off first? Uh, yeah, this is a close one for me. Um, mm. I've, I've praised him quite a lot for liking him as an, as an intelligent footballer, someone who has a plan before he, before he receives the ball of what he's going to try and going to try to achieve. Um, as regards the potential of him moving on in January, you, you know, I, I think, Blues have got a few players that they would be happy to part company with, uh, and I think Anderson was potentially the only one that anyone mm. actually came, actually came in for. Uh, so I don't think that was necessarily a, a Keshi Anderson is the one we've got to get out. Yeah. I think in January was a time where we've got to, we we would like to get someone out to make some space, and there is interest in Keshi Anderson. Um, I think there will be enough movement and enough spaces freed up in the summer for you to be able to actually judge Keshi Anderson's situation on its own merit, um, not just the fact that someone else is, is interested in him. Um, I would be inclined to say take the option, I think, on the on the basis of the reasons I've just outlined, that he, he's intelligent, he is a, he's a clever footballer, he, he's a very versatile footballer. Um, again, it's a, it's a bench role, I think, or a squad role, I think. Um, and the injury, obviously, the his time at Blackpool had horrendous injuries, and you know he's, he's had another injury this season. I was really gobsmacked when he said to me he hadn't started a, a, a league game since since uh, September. I hadn't twigged that at all. Um, but these, so many of these are narrow calls, and I am just erring this time on the uh, on on the side of of yes because I like his versatility. Mm. I like Keshi Anderson. Um, he played really well at the start of the season. And like you say, his versatility was really key. He played left, he played right, and then he had a good stint behind the striker as well before uh, before Stansfield signed. Um, this is this is probably one of the most difficult, I think, because he's at an age, he's at 28. He'll be 29, I think, in, in April. So he's still got two or three years where, you know, he's a... He's, going to be at his peak um i just think that mowbray is going to want a different profile of winger i think when you look at the the wingers blues have got dembele's not played much but he's got <coughs> he's got bakuna he's got miyoshi i just don't see anderson getting in there and i think blues i think mowbray will try and sign more wingers in the in the summer you know you look at someone like pervader who's gone to sheffield wednesday on loan mowbray really likes him and he's a very different style of winger to, to Anderson, more direct, more tricky, more pacey. Um, so I just, I can't see it. And if if Anderson then he's going to be even a number 10, there's going to be so many players ahead of him. Mowbray clearly likes Tyler Roberts, George Hall's coming back. Um, Prichard has been signed to play. So I'm leaning towards releasing Keshi Anderson, I think. You know, after a couple of years where he's been struggled for game time, and this season probably knew through through no fault of his own because he got an injury at a bad time and and 
has struggled to get back into the team because Blues have signed more players in January. Um, I think he needs to kind of go somewhere and play regularly, and I just don't I don't see him fitting under Mowbray long term. I suppose if you then think, what are we doing with Ramel Donovan? Uh, mm. you, you possibly don't want you know a 28, 29 year old um, standing in someone like Ramel's way. Do, do you? Yeah, you, you may have talked me around a little bit there. As I said, grey area for me. Slightly yes, yes than it was 30 seconds ago. Um, mm. But still just about a yes, if he's happy with that. Uh, obviously, you know, he has to agree to that as well. But you're, sorry, you, you're just going on the no side of that, are you? I'm in, yeah, I'm in the release camp, I think. I okay. think for, just because he's not going to fit under Mowbray and also I think he can go somewhere and probably play low-end championship and get a contract there. So I think it works for both. Um Brian Stewart. Brings it on to Scott Hogan. Um, yeah. Okay. Scott Hogan. I'm just going to say no. It's a, it's a, it's, we'll go on to talk about him at greater length. But for me, it's a, it's a no. It's a thanks, Scott. In, enjoyed it for four years. But, you know, I, I think we're going in a different direction now. Um, albeit, you know, that, that leaves Blues needing to sign a ton of strikers, doesn't it? Um, but, yeah, it's it's the inconsistency uh, for me. Um, I look look at his very first game for Blues. Uh, he'd come on loan from Villa, uh, and it was at home to Nottingham Forest, really important game. And the game kicks off. Um, Blues are, I think, attacking the Tilton in the first half, which was quite unusual. And then Scott Hogan chases the from right from the kickoff. He just flies through, flies up the pitch, closes down the, um, the, the right back in the right by the corner flag in the first two seconds. And you're thinking, well, wow, this guy is an absolute rocket. And, and then he goes on and scores something like eight, nine or 10 goals in, in that first, first pre pandemic period and then, then after the pandemic he doesn't score at all and he looks a different player and he fast forward that to to this season where he's not had any not had any chance or many chances under Rooney. Mowbray puts him in for his first home game against Swansea and I thought he was electric against Swansea. You know he had mm. a hand he had a hand in in, in Dembele's first goal uh Dem, in, in the first half and then he put Dembele through at the start of the second half as well with a really neat touch and he's looking like he's you know got a real hunger and appetite for it and I just don't think we've seen that since um, mm. so, so what I'm getting at is the inconsistency um, so, you know I, I think I've seen I think I think I've seen all, all I need have need to see from Scott Hogan just to say thanks Scott you know good, good luck in your next chapter yeah, I always I always found Hogan a strange one because when I started covering the club, he was he was the top scorer, and I know he didn't score in the second half last season. But he's a very very streaky player, isn't he? It's 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 crazy the kind of the streaks he gets on where he'll you know he'll score ten in twenty and then he won't score another twenty. Um, clearly a confidence player. I, I actually thought there was a second chance in the offing for him when Mowbray came in and played him in that first game. But then he's obviously seen something that he doesn't like to not play him again until he was effectively forced to play him against Sheffield Wednesday because he had to rest Stansfield for that game. Um, and then Stock Hogan's been left out of squads since. So I I just can't see anything other than, than him leaving at the end of the season. And I think that's probably best for all parties. I think it just needs to be a parting of ways now. Um, he's not scored since August. Um, two goals in, in 22 
league 22 games this season and I know he's he's had a lot of those appearances from the bench but that's it's not good enough is it I suppose as well so um yeah Scott Hogan's uh one who has to move on for me uh yeah I, th- I think think we're we're absolutely clear on that aren't we um just looking yeah. at his his um his total 35 championship goals for blues um 36 in all competitions you know that that's actually going to register you know when when you look at the list of blues all-time goal scorers mm-hmm. scott hogan is going to register on there um but you know 31 years old he's not consistent mm-hmm. enough to be to to carry on so yeah thank you but no thank you mm, agreed uh on to the last one lucas Djukovic. um been at the club for eight seasons now 34 years old. He'll turn 35 before the end of this season. He's been a bit part player this year. Uh, only six starts, 18 more appearances from the bench, and he scored three goals. Two of those obviously came back in August in wins over Leeds United and Bristol City. Um, Brian, you've watched all of his Blues career. Um, do you think there's any way he could stay on beyond the end of this season? Uh, that's that might be a different question to the one I was preparing to answer. Um, do I do I think there's any way? I think it's much less likely than more likely, mm. and that that's just me. I want to make it clear. You know, no one no one has said anything to me about whether Lukas Djukovic is is going to be offered a new contract. I. Of, of the two, let me answer it this way: of, of the two, I think Djukovic is more likely to stay than Hogan. Mm. Uh, maybe I that's agree. the way. That, that's the way I'll go into it, and I, I'm going to say yes. I, I would give Lucas another contract, and I'm not going to steal your thunder because you came up with quite a nice little um, little plan for for Djukovic. Um, but I w- what I will say is, I th- is. We're back to the defending your own box or attacking the opposition box mm. in, in the last 10 minutes and, and having a horse for a course or a striker for a, or a defender for a particular situation. Lukas Djukovic, I think, still offers that potential. Um, I, I, you know, I th- he's, he's great in defensive set pieces. He's obviously a real target man. And again, you know, we're, we're talking about signing someone potentially only to make 20. 20 appearances and 15 of those as sub, which again might not be something he wants to sign up for. Um, but if he's if he's amenable to do that on the right terms of the club, then yeah, I'm 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 absolutely in the yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um I would agree, but I I'd throw something else in there, um, which we've spoken about <clears throat> previously. I actually think if, if Lucas Djikovic does want to go into co- uh, to coaching, I think it'd be a nice way for him to kind of get one foot in that camp and learn from Tony Mowbray and Mark Venus. I think um, he could start his career by being a, a player coach and, and you know, he's primarily going to be a player, obviously, but what's to say, you know, he couldn't offer his, you know, develop on the job almost. Um, I think he's obviously a very good character, um, well-liked around the, the dressing room, obviously at the training ground as well. So I think it'd pay to keep him on for a little bit, provided it's on the, on the right contract for the club. Um, you know, bit part player would be one of the lower contract salaries in the in the squad, but um, I think he's he's such a good character, and like you said, he's got his uses in terms of defensive set pieces, and also you know he's very good in the air. He proved that against Hull City with that fantastic header from Cody Ramos cross. So I would be inclined to 
open up that conversation about him moving into coaching and, and taking those first steps at Blues under Mowbray. Mowbray obviously knows him previously, having signed mm. with Middlesbrough back in 2012. So, um, yeah, it's got, obviously got to be something they're both open to. But you do look at Blues coaching staff, and because John O'Shea's left, um, there's only there's three below Mowbray, and then obviously a goalkeeping coach. So there's probably room for another another coach, potentially someone in Djokovic, player coach who wouldn't be heavily involved on the coaching side every single week. So um, that's how I'd open it up. I think in that role, I'd, I'd be willing to give Djokovic another year. Even coaching with the age groups, I don't think that's, mm. the, the, you know, certainly wouldn't not, not intend as, a, as, as, a, as an insult or anything like that. You know, you think guys like Paul Robinson have, have, have retired at Blues and, and then gone to coach coaching the age groups, age groups just to sort of get their feet under the table in, in that front. So, yeah, I, I I think that's a really good plan. Um, whether anyone else does, you know, we we we, we have no say. Um, but uh, and more importantly, whether the people that sign the checks do, we certainly have even less say in that. But yeah, absolutely, I'm 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 certainly not closing that door at all. Yeah, I actually thought we'd agree on way more than we have. Brian, to be fair, we've uh, we've disagreed on a fair few. I think. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully that was. Uh, it was good for you guys to listen to. And obviously in the comments section, please let us know what you do with the nine players out of contract at the end of the season. Um, and obviously if you if you haven't already hit subscribe, please do. And obviously on the, not just on YouTube, but on all uh, podcast platforms, including Spotify. Uh, we really appreciate you guys keep listening to the, uh, the podcast and hopefully we'll bring you more like this in addition to the, uh, the regular match day or post-match content that we've been doing. Um, thank you, Brian, and thanks everyone for listening.